How's it going, everyone? Welcome to a very special episode of Deep Thoughts with Connor Christmas and Gang. On this episode, we got special guests Mitchell, Keone, and Isaiah. You might also know them as Static Shift. They've also got a really big tour coming up. They're going to be joining Collective Soul on the western leg of their tour coming up at the end of June. And also just announced they're going to be at the Calgary Stampede on the Coca-Cola stage July 15th. You can find all their information and their tour dates on their website at thestaticshift.com or on their Instagram page at thestaticshift. We'd love to hear from you too, so make sure to reach out to us on all of our socials. Also, don't forget too that it's important to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks everybody. Enjoy the show. check the deals Isaiah maybe the sunglasses get your points no they don't but there was like it was like buy these blah 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 sunflower seeds and she's like do you like sunflowers I'm like uh, <laughs> you just want the points mom, <laughs> yeah, mom what's going on <laughs> I'm uh, picking what? up what you're putting down <laughs> yeah okay uh, we are we're rolling um, welcome everyone that's listening that's not in the room right now but welcome to all of you in the room yeah also. thanks for having yeah. us yeah no problem uh this is this is deep thoughts with connor christmas and gang uh it's my favorite title i've ever come up with <laughs> <laughs> we love it connor yeah man it's fantastic um yeah uh let's just uh do a circle uh why don't you introduce yourself and um just uh, just give us a fun fact about you sure mm. go ahead man uh my name's keone friesen i play bass um, fun fact, I don't know, I really like brewery cheese, and I was craving it last night, because <laughs> I was watching Twin Peaks, and there's that scene where they, like, he brings him a sandwich, and they eat brewery cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. There you go, my name is Mitchell Brady, I am uh, the guitarist and singer in the Static Shift, um, thanks for having us today. Yeah, no way. problem. Uh, yeah, Thank this is coming. fun. And uh, um, a fun fact about me is uh, I think I'm interested in moving south eventually. Mm. I love Calgary, but I think the snow is getting a little old. Fun. <laughs> Which isn't necessarily a fun fact, <laughs> but it's a fact. <laughs> this we're, we're recording this on April 16th, and uh, there's currently a blizzard outside, just uh, for everyone listening to this. Yeah. It's, too, it's been too long, but, you know, we're toughing it out here. <laughs> we're hoping that by the time you're listening to this podcast... It's sunny out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We hope you're listening it to it in your front yard. Yeah, that's right. In your shorts. In your shorts, suntanning. <laughs> um, I'm Isaiah Stonehouse. I play drums. And uh, fun fact, the only, th- only thing that came to my head is I grew up on this small little island in BC called Salt Spring Island. Only 10,000 people live there. And it's pretty gorgeous. And now you live in a And now I live in a... Of one million plus. Yeah, so that's a. Uh, how do you feel about that, Isaiah? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> have our own like, side interview here. Yeah, yeah. we'll have sub interviews <laughs> throughout no, the no. interview. Uh, we're also joined today uh, with a good friend of mine and a collaborator. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, guys. Uh, my name's Nick Boley, and uh, I'm from Southern Alberta originally, but uh, I'm up here in Calgary right now. Um, fun fact about me. I have a Siberian Husky Collie named Dax, who is a Psycho, Siberian Husky Collie. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Love Thanks for coming, guys. Cool. It's awesome to see you guys. No problem, Thank you for man. having Thank us, you. man. It's an it's a pleasure. Cool. Um, forgive me for using my phone. I realized Don't that sweat it. the We've questions that I sent you guys prior were way better put together than what I had written in my notebook. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm going to use that. That's okay, no <laughs> um, All right. Um, so 
Uh, I'm just gonna do this nice little icebreaker. You guys, for everyone listening that knows the Static Shift, you you know two things right away, maybe three. One, their music's awesome. Uh, Thank you. They all have really great hair, <laughs> and uh, they wear paisley out the wazoo. Yeah, um, out the wazoo, you okay. got it. None <laughs> of us are wearing paisley right now. No, that's, that's yeah. taking a Damn. taking a break. Taking yeah, a break. We're totally down on you know the Mondays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so first question, because the people want to know, what uh, what hair products do you guys use? Ah, ah. Oh, well, you know what? I think Isaiah might have to answer <laughs> this true. one because th- this is Mitchell talking here, and. Uh, I actually personally don't use any any hair product at all. I've never done all anything. natural. Yeah, I just I've never dyed my hair, never bleached it, never done nothing. Uh, the only thing I've ever wanted to do with my hair is when I was younger, like my, my parents never let me grow it out, so I was just <laughs> when I finally got like twelve or thirteen, and they knew I was going to be in a rock band. They were like, <laughs> <laughs> you can finally grow your hair out. But he, but Isaiah's the only yeah. one that actually uses a product. I what think. do you use? It's true. I use Hans DeFuco. From San Francisco, it is actually kind of fancy. I have to order it online. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, but it's all natural. It's good for your hair. Nice. It's fantastic. I just ran out of my favorite stuff, so I'm using some other Hans DeFuco. They're like my, my like second favorite one. I have like way too much stuff. <laughs> it's the special hair stuff, dude. But yeah, but I used to blow dry it. I don't do that anymore. Right. So that's good because I heard it was bad for your hair. It is healthy. Yeah. It blow drying it makes it brittle, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't do it. Overheat. I've been using yeah. this. My friend Michaela got me this stuff from Lush because um, she works there, and it's like this all natural shampoo, and it just comes in like a little circle, and it's all recyclable. Huh. It actually has oh. made my hair like so nice. I don't even have to wash it. That's yeah, your awesome. hair looks. Beautiful. I used to wash it like every day, which I know you're not supposed to do, but ever since I used it. It like doesn't make my hair greasy, so. Nice. Your guys' hair is fantastic, by the way, yeah. as well, man. Nick takes the winning trophy on it, I think. Oh yeah, <laughs> Nick's hair yeah, rules. For those fantastic. of you who uh, who may not have a visual right now on Nick's hair, it's it's uh, the description of it is very curly, and. Uh, and very gi- ginger, so it's very groovy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I was just at provincials for hockey, and uh, the caller commentator called me the Great Tomato. <laughs> That's, so, That's a pretty gnarly title. Yeah, I won best hair in the tournament. So. <laughs> That's great. Nice. Yeah. nice. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Uh, so I got <laughs> I got some individual questions for you guys. Sure. Man. sure. Um, first, I'll I'll do Isaiah first, just because it has to do with the hair. Um, okay. Uh, so do you have any plans to grow your hair out, just like your cohorts here, because you have the shortest hair? That's true. And s- follow up question: Do you think if you do grow your hair out and potentially dye it blonde, again <laughs> like your cohorts, it'll give you Super Saiyan drumming abilities? Ooh. <laughs> That's right. Like, um, like bass player in Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what? I've thought about growing it out many times, but the back of my hair is very weird, and it just like now maybe I just wasn't patient enough, but it would just like keep <laughs> flopping up, and I was like, I can't do this. And for some reason, I really don't like the feeling of hair on my neck. Maybe I'll have to get used to that too, but I just couldn't do it. So haven't yet. Yeah. Maybe I'll change my mind. I was born as a blonde, so I would probably dye it again, maybe. How, how did your hair become this color? I don't even know, man. I guess all these these cold wiser. winter nights just slowly went <laughs> just slowly went darker. <laughs> Darkened your hair as well as your soul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <that's laughs> <right>. <laughs> awesome. That's right. 
Um, all right, uh, Mitch, we'll go on to you next. Uh, sure. If you had to pick an art form other than music to to express yourself, what would it be and why? Um, I think personally, I re- I really like photography, but um, I like I like painting as well. That's something I like. Like I was kind, I'm very fond of graffiti. I used to do kind of a graffiti art, um, but you know. I I'm really fond of like artists like Vincent Van Gogh and okay. and people who uh who can really m- make a creative canvas, you know. There's uh there's lots of stuff that's modern that I see sometimes um and it's uh, it's very minimal and which I respect a lot, but there's something to be said about all the color and all the all the paint on canvases like Monet and mm-hmm. you know there's yeah. there's a ton of different um artists out there that uh I think I'd like I'd like to try one day, but music is one thing that I could right away express myself with, you know, because yeah. I'd been doing it at such a young age, like playing piano since I was seven or eight, and then I learning the theory there. You could transfer that over to guitar, pretty simple. But I think um, I don't know, uh, visual art would be something cool, and photography is really yeah. fascinating it to is. me as well. Ansel Adams, you know, it's, oh yeah, it's, for sure, you know, yeah. two colors, black and white. Shades, you know, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's really fascinating what you can do with just two things. Wow. You know? yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's it's neat. Yeah, very cool. I think I do photography or, or visual Sweet. art. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, man. All right, uh, Keone, let's do. Uh, I I read uh, on your guys's uh, launch like bios. They had like mm-hmm. the fun facts there. Yeah. Uh, I read that you're into like Eastern philosophy and writing. Yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I have kind of two questions as well. Um, how much of like the the band's music do you write, um, lyrics or uh, composition, and uh, like what other things are you into writing wise? Yeah, well, I I am very into reading philosophy and um, writing a lot of poetry and stuff. I used to write a ton of poetry. I've kind of like chilled out on writing a lot of poetry lately for some mm-hmm. reason, but um, I actually recently wrote a poem because I got this Leonard Cohen book. Okay. And uh, so I've been starting to get back into it a little bit. But I think, yeah, lots of my writing in the band is actually lots of lyrics mostly is what I feel very comfortable with. Like, I find I'm not that good at writing necessarily riffs and stuff, which Mm -hmm. is funny because I play bass. (laughs) That's all riffs. (laughs) But when I'm writing on the guitar, lots of my songs come out softer and quieter, which I like. Yeah. But I think, I don't know, I've always been very into softer music like mm-hmm. Leonard Cohen and okay. Bob yeah. Dylan and stuff. Um, yeah. Right on. I think to add to that, I think, you know, it started off, Mitchell used to do the majority of the writing, especially with our first album, and okay. slowly, especially Kayoni, like with the last album, and even we have so many originals, like he's just, yeah, he's been writing a lot more songs lately, which is really cool to see. And actually, like Eastern philosophy and all those topics I like to write about a lot as well. So I think that definitely comes through, at least sometimes. Yeah. It 60% you, of the time. I yeah. Think. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes you think differently, too. I mean, yeah. we live in uh, in uh, in Canada, and, you know, the Western world is so much different than, than over there. And I think uh, we'd like to maybe travel and, and go experience those sort of places because you can read lots about it, but I think when you actually go travel and, and check out the culture you know that's a completely different experience as well so i think that would be the next step for us because we're all interested yeah. in the eastern philosophy and, and stuff so who knows 
<laughs> Maybe we'll go tour over there. <laughs> you know, like the Beatles. I'm just kidding. <laughs> go see the Maharishi. Yes. <laughs> That's some interesting stuff, man. Transcendental <laughs> meditations. Very, very mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just did a session with a lady here in Calgary about it. Really? Yeah. That's really cool. cool I've, yeah. I have two friends who are part of a TM like organization or they like go to the things. Yeah. I would love to do it. I've read the book, like Maharishi's book right. on transcendental meditation. Yeah. And there's so many big people who do it. Like yeah. David Lynch. David Lynch. And like Martin Scorsese. And uh, watched Jerry like five Seinfeld. episodes of Twin Peaks last night. Speaking of yeah. David Lynch. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm super into that stuff cool. too. I mean, I'm like wearing an O symbol on right now. Cool. So yeah. yeah. I'm really into that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's cool. great. Cool. Um, so just to keep on this this track, talking about your music. So mm -hmm. um, what I guess um, you guys have all been playing music from a pretty early age in your lives is uh, w like what else drew you to music as like your form of artistic expression? What else drew us to music? I think uh, we all, um, I don't know. There's There's so many different ways to express yourself nowadays you know yeah. and in general there's lots of different ways to express yourself but uh i think we all ha may have had music in our lives when we when we were growing up like all of our parents were, were integrated into music and i think when that happens and we're all we're all very fortunate to have really supportive families you know um when that happens when you have parents who are integrated into music you can hear you hear things from them and you're like okay this is really interesting and i know my my <coughs> sister she uh she really loves music as well, but I know when she hears it, I don't know if she wants to like necessarily go and play it. But like when I first really got into music, it was like that's something I a route I knew I could express myself. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that it drew me towards that almost right away. And watching videos of people with their hands behind the instruments, you know, um, I think that's so important. You know, especially with uh, all the technology that's being used in music nowadays. Uh, yeah, for sure. The human quality is really important. So yeah, yeah. That was really attractive to me when the, when I think we well, when I first started getting into music. I I'm sure you guys can relate to that as well. You saw oh, like yeah. the yeah. expression that you can. Yeah, accomplish. I think like the stuff we said about the borders of art kind of being cleared, whereas like to say a long time ago, you were either like you have a poet, you know, or you have a painter, mm -hmm. or you have a musician, and it was like not there wasn't a lot of intermingling yeah with each art form and now nowadays you see a lot of people you know they'll be in a band but they'll also take do tons of photography or they'll write poetry or they'll paint and they have lots of things going on at the same time and uh so i think that was something that drew me into music was just being into art in right. general and yeah. f experimenting with different ways to express myself because i've been very into painting and photography as well Lots of my pictures turned out blurry, so I just yeah. ended up sticking to music. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe music's <laughs> the best one. That's great. Um, yeah, well, my my dad's an audio engineer, so I always had music around. He was always mixing albums for people and playing albums in the car, um, in the home, everywhere. Um, I think another thing for me was I, as a kid, I used to make home movies a bunch with like my brother, <laughs> sister, cousins, friends, and... And so I used to be even really into editing movies and oh, filming, cool. and and I think uh, pretty early on I discovered like you can add songs, uh, change moods, and add a totally different element to 
movies and just life in general. So I remember just discovering that as a kid and going, wow, like if I throw this sad song here at this scene, it makes it, it just gives it this whole different feel. Or if I throw in this song here, it just, and as a kid, you like, you, when you discover that, you're like, well, this is crazy. Yeah, it hits And you. then you're like, I want to do this. I want to, yeah. I want to make songs. So yeah, I think for me, it's, it was like discovering that it can like, I guess be a track to people's life, like like songs, and it can affect people, right? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Music. Yeah. yeah, there's something to be said about a composition in a film, and like even the juxtaposition of seemingly opposing like feelings and stuff like that. Like you can have like a really slow song during like, yeah. a gunfight, and it totally changes the dynamic yeah, totally. of like oh, what's sure. happening. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, yeah. it's amazing. And what's so interesting about music as well, you guys, is like. I, I used to work at a retirement home and you know lots of the residents there you know when you get to a certain age you do y- you can't quite you know remember some things and some of the residents there did have pretty heavy dementia and alzheimer's and um it's interesting because there'd be every saturday a, a musical artist would come in and they'd play songs from the 30s and 40s and 50s like all different times and um all different kinds of music as well so you know you'd see some residents like who have who have these uh these terrible diseases and they totally become themselves you know some some people who who don't recognize their kids names like they don't even they can't recognize their own kids they'll hear a song and it they can they can sing all the lyrics to it because they knew all the lyrics when they were 22 years old yeah and that's really powerful yeah so I think that's another attractive route. Yeah, well. M- like music really therapy. And it's actually like in you. Too. It's actually physically in you, oh, right? Yeah. Because oh, it is. These yeah. like songs, they create neural pathways in our bodies, right? Yeah. Oh, they do. Oh, and and then when those songs come back in, like these neural pathways that have been dormant, like yeah. all this neurochemistry comes back alive and it yeah. actually like helps you get back into that state or like into that mindset. Yeah. It's crazy. So and you, cool. you hear these things about like people being in comas and stuff and like awake when a song is played that's just crazy like yeah yeah no it is wild and i think um i've just thought about this before but like yeah it totally does create neural pathways i mean Mm -hmm. there's so many songs i already know and to think that i'm just gonna keep growing that library of songs that i know throughout my whole life is pretty pretty wild Mm mm-hmm and I mean, oh, yeah. that kind of sucks for you sometimes because you have to remember so many lyrics. But <laughs> <laughs> on the singer, that's yeah. the downfall. Mm. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but I, I think, um, but lyrics is something that uh, can really express. Guitar uh, and the instrumentation is one thing, but lyrics is more, it's really direct. So uh, right. mm-hmm. that's one thing about lyrics that's kind of interesting too. You yeah, know? I really, yeah. I find like um, I'm mostly like a performance artist, like I do acting and things like that. Yeah. Right. Um, so a lot of times, uh, if I like have an emotional scene to do or something like that, it, it'll be like songs that I fall back on. And cool. so I've done like setups for different scenes, uh, like cheating girlfriend scene kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where I like huh. it's like a Tom Waits song, and now I can't listen to that song <laughs> anymore without right. getting like real mad and right. crying and stuff. Because it totally because it just yeah. takes you right back to yeah. that place that you had immersed yourself in. Yeah. Right? Oh, and you're yeah. just like, why am I pissed off right now? Yeah. yeah. You're like, totally. Oh, yeah, because this is Tom Waits, and uh, <laughs> yeah. last time I heard this, 
my girlfriend cheated on me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. Well, it's, yeah. oh, it's wild how that happens too. And you yeah. some song plays and maybe it'll bring back a great memory too. You're like, oh yeah. man, I remember the yeah. summer I was at the lake with friends and mm-hmm. we, this song is playing. And then Sheep every dogs. time for years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exa- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is like a couple summers ago. We were <laughs> playing out at Mitchell's cabin at, uh, mm-hmm. at his lake and, uh, the sheepdogs put out this new single. We'd heard about it, but there's no reception on their side of the lake. So I got on a paddleboard and I paddled <laughs> to, out to the middle of the lake just so I could download yeah. their new single. <laughs> yeah, like two, two bars. He's like holding his phone up on this paddleboard and like, yeah. he's I not think, getting his phone back. I think yeah. we were like looking at him with binoculars too from the deck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and yeah. it was worth it because it was. That's that's the thing. That's where you make that connection musically in your brain you're like mm-hmm. i i work for that song in a sense and, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah it's kind of interesting totally. yeah that's so, awesome yeah. that music's uh, if you're listening ladies and gentlemen music's very powerful i tell you <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it'll shake your soul it'll move your feet <laughs> break your bones <laughs> yes it will <laughs> um so what are uh it's pretty easy to tell like kind of some of your musical influences when you listen to your music um, you have like the blues, psychedelic, and alternative kind of spectrums. Yeah. Um, but what kind of influences you in your lives? Like what, what in just like your day to day? Like maybe the like Eastern philosophy being an example of that. Right. What What other forms like kind of influence your guys' sound and and what you write about? That is a great question. That is a fantastic question. Um, I'd say, um, like what inspires me to to do music that's not like oh man i don't know i think uh, i'd say you know just life in general and like personal relationships Mm -hmm. and um just your general outlook of how life is comes out a lot in your music and you can't really hide it um as far as like i mean musical influences i Everything really I've listened to. I mean, I used to play tons of classical music because I was in an orchestra and to jazz, to funk, to folk. So I think lots of it just intermingles and whatever comes out, comes out really. Like, mixes in some goulash. Yeah, exactly. Like, I never really (laughs) sit down and I'm like, I'm going to write a song like this. I'm going to write a rock song or I'm going to write a soft song. Mm. Just kind of. Yeah start moving your fingers and then it just sounds yeah, how it sounds it kind of happens yeah cool i think what's so um inspiring as well as um is emotion i think we were, we were touching mm-hmm. upon this how music is so powerful but uh emotion is really powerful and the fact that you can convey an emotion and um express yourself and how you feel you can tell a whole story and you can get somebody really locked in bob dylan he uh you can listen to one of his stories. Sometimes they don't make sense. Sometimes, <laughs> but uh, that's okay. So they don't all have to. But uh, lots of songwriters, even Leonard Cohen, you know, you get lost in their stories, and yeah. uh, and even Johnny Cash, you know, like it's like mm. you can mm. music is it, it totally can it, it juices emotion out of mm. certain places, you know, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and that's what's so inspiring, you know, right there is is emotion. So music, yeah. uh, the fact that you can. It's a really fascinating for us when we're playing a show. People come up. Uh, sometimes people come up to us afterwards and they say, "Like, like I love your guys' sound." And all all we're really doing is doing our thing, is playing music on, on yeah. the stage. And uh, 
the fact that we can make somebody feel a certain way like like I'm in love with your guys' sound like I'm going to follow you guys because you make me feel great when I listen to your music. Yeah. That is special to yeah, us. That is special. So uh I think because of that I don't know if we'll ever be able to stop doing what mm. we do. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think uh for me, I mean if we're talking like life influences yeah. and stuff, I would have to put my parents up there for sure. Oh, yeah. Cliche answer, but No, it, it's true. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I mean, they're just so supportive and um, loving to me and my brother and sister and couldn't thank them enough. And I think uh, growing up as a Christian, and I still am a Christian, I think I've always looked to people like uh, pastors and uh, leaders in the church and mm -hmm. the Bible and Jesus and stuff like that. So those have always been things that have kept me going when I'm going through hard times. Yeah. I think even as well, if we're talking like just people that influence me, I mean, I'm a huge hockey fan, so I look to, <laughs> oh, yeah. I look to people like I'm, I'm a Canucks fan, so I mean, I look to people like Henrik and Daniel Sedin, who are Hall of Famers. They have had like over a thousand points each in their careers, but yet they're like these incredibly humble, down to earth people, and they don't have egos whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, and they're. You know, they have families and they, they're talking with them. You would never know that they're these like Hall of Famer. Yeah. Famous. Millionaires. Yeah. <laughs> right? So I think I've always looked up to people like that, yeah. that have all this success, but yet are still very relatable and human, you know? Yeah. yeah. Some people yeah. get, uh, they taste money or yeah. something. Uh, and then they change. Yeah. yeah. So we stay humble. It, yeah. His name came up a few times. We were talking about Leonard Cohen. I think that's somebody who's definitely like influenced my life a lot. And I've like hoped to be somewhat like just for that fact, how egoless he was and how like gentle and soft spoken he was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you watch an interview with him, he's like never once like confrontational with anybody. He's always like, like there's, there'll be an interview with someone's like giving him a hard time and he's still so nice and like so well spoken and gets all of his thoughts out and then if you look at his writing or his music he took his time like he really took his time with writing lyrics i heard it took him like 10 years or 15 years or something to write hallelujah because he just wanted it to be like that perfect which i think why that hits me is because yeah. sometimes it takes me a while to write music i'll like keep on changing it i won't necessarily be like comfortable with it right away because I don't know, I like things to be perfect in a way, oh, yeah. but not Sometimes too perfect. Sometimes songs take time, right? <laughs> Sometimes you can take too much time with them too. Yeah, I don't know who originally kind of said that. Where it's like there's maybe like certain amount of times that certain songs take, but there's like times when you gotta let let it go, and yeah. times when you gotta keep yeah. pushing. Yeah. Yeah, have to know, incubation's like a huge thing with music, man. Yeah, mm -hmm. like any art form, really, where it's like a fluid creation yeah. process. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to walk away because, like, as soon yeah. as you walk away and then you come back, you're like, "Oh man, I want to hear this more. I want to hear like the bass line more. Oh, it's so I need true. To hear, yeah. like, you know, another hook here or something. Oh, and like it's so it. true. I mean, I I've had friends before, other musicians that uh, they have this full album completed and they're ready to release it. And then someone says to them, mm, I don't know if I'm feeling this part. And then they go, oh, well, okay, hold up. We want to release a perfect album. Yeah. And I think we can do that sometimes too. You just overthink stuff. Yeah. 
But it's like you'll never release a perfect anything. You'll, yeah. Because people are always changing. You're always changing. But art, it, yeah, and art is never really finished. It's more or less abandoned. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because you have to let And it it's go. never going to be perfect because you Just finishes perfect, when you right? give it up. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, you got, yeah, totally, exactly I, what you were saying. I feel like it could, you can, uh, with albums, like, I'm, I'm not a musician. I kind of teach myself and fiddle around on instruments and stuff. But I feel like uh, in all kind of art forms it can be like perfect in that time yeah yeah and like that time it's good to release and like that was perfect oh, yeah. then. Oh, and yeah, then totally. if you look up back on it five years ten years from now you'd be like oh if i did that now i would change this because yeah you're kind of a whole new person at that point right yeah, yeah. that's the key word you just said it, is change yeah you know and i think as artists you're right connor it's like when you change um you see things completely differently and i think that mm-hmm. some people would say as an example, you know, Led Zeppelin's albums in the late 70s weren't as good as their albums in the early 70s. But you know, that's because they changed. Yeah. And yeah. it's not that they weren't as good at all. It's that they were just different because mm-hmm. they changed. And that's yeah. so important. And the Beatles were a good example, too. You know, like, they got so psychedelic. And this, that was really cool. There's this Lou Reed quote. Someone asked him, what's your favorite album you've ever written? And he said, it's always the last one. Ah, that's, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. how it is with movies too. Yeah. It's like, hey, I just went and saw this movie. It's the best movie yeah. I've ever seen. <laughs> You're like, yeah. okay. I think great art too is is always tied to the time that it's a part of. Like, yeah. that's what makes great art great art. Like, you know, like Rembrandt wouldn't be the same. It's still beautiful. <laughs> it's still, but like the commentary that's involved in the painting, yeah. Um, in music, all these different things. Oh, like, yeah. it it's it's related to the time and like that oh, ability completely. to tie it to the time is part of the art yeah. of the creative yeah. process. Oh, right? It's you're totally right. And I, one of my favorite bands, Coldplay, they, uh, their first album, which I think came out in I don't know, 2000, it was pretty mellow. It was pretty happy. And their second album came out 2002, right after nine 11. And they, you could tell that they wrote all these songs during that time because it was like, just so political yeah. and so dark yeah, and it was sad. like and it was cool though because because that's what art is it relates to the time and and it, it's actually my favorite album by them even though it's kind of got this dark feel to it so you're totally right art and time totally correlate right yeah. yeah i mean even if you look at the 60s and what came out of that all the art that came out of the vietnam war and mm-hmm. civil rights activism and yeah absolutely yeah, and then there's, yeah. I feel like it's easy to say, like, while you're living in the time, but there's been um, kind of a draw away from that in maybe, I don't know, like 2005-ish to, like, right. 2015. And, like, obviously that's a generalization because there are artists that are making political things. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I guess in the popular popular culture, there wasn't as much like political songs right. going on. It was more or less everyone releasing, the, I mean, trying to copy one another a little yeah. bit, right? And like back in the 60s when like all these artists were releasing all these political songs, like I feel like that was more in the popular culture because yeah. it was with uh, the younger generation in their rebellion. And yeah. um, and I guess just we haven't acted in that political way in a while. But no. now we're seeing like with the students protesting uh like gun laws and stuff in yeah. the states yeah. that we might have like a resurgence of these artists like, yeah. being very political again right and it's yeah. a weird time too because because while i actually love protesting and doing stuff like that there's also this 
other side to the equation nowadays with like Facebook and all the stuff where you get totally saturated with people saying stuff mm. but never doing stuff. Yeah. So it's like, like yeah. this I weird like that's my support. Yeah. yeah. Like, exactly. that's, that's marching yeah. to City Hall. Show me. this if you support. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I Yeah, I'm an mark. activist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I put a filter on my So it's a weird time picture. because it's like yeah. we're completely oversaturated right now, but it but not at the same time. It's almost mm. like people have become lazy. And it's mm. not necessarily our fault, but it's like yeah, well, I think it's it totally down not to uh, on topic. This is great. I love. Yeah, that. <laughs> that's the point of deep thoughts. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Deep Some of the deep thoughts are what <laughs> hair products do you use. Some of the deep thoughts are <laughs> activism. Yes. <laughs> well, I think we t we talked about this kind of when we first uh, greeted each other today. But I mean, um, technology and uh, I mean cell phones. Uh, it just has made attention span a lot shorter, mm -hmm. and so there's. Uh, there's less uh, patience, I feel like, sometimes because you have this uh, this thing in your back pocket, and um, I think uh, that's related. That relates to society now. Is that like we want instant pleasure in a sense? Yeah. And you can get that. Lots of people get it. You know, you can watch Facebook videos for four hours in the evening, and and you know, all of a sudden, all these videos have millions and millions of views all over Facebook because even though this social media thing is supposed to help us connect with each other. It's it's done the complete opposite in some senses and driven us to kind of more or less our own right areas, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you see pictures of people texting each other from across the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, it's kind of sad. It's true, you know? <laughs> I think part of it, too, like what you were saying, is that I w we almost have, like, a short attention span for those topics. Like, mm -hmm. you see how... It just like changes from one thing to the other. Like there's one tragedy, and then like two weeks later, everybody kind of forgets yeah. about it and is on to the next yeah. thing. Oh, another shooting. Yeah, oh. another shooting. That's exactly. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, and like, whereas we were talking about the '60s, I think there's a more collective feeling of just something needs to be done, mm -hmm. and we need to do it together. Whereas now there's so many groups. And so many no togetherness, no togetherness. Yeah, I mean there is lots of togetherness. Yes, too, but <laughs> <laughs> there's some. Yes, it's yeah. crazy what it comes down to too. That I I listened to this guy and I've read a couple of his books named Simon Sinek. I was thinking of him too. Yeah. And like he talks about how like dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, endorphins yeah. like right. work in our body. And one of the things with social media is that it cre creates a lot of dopamine. Yeah, and we seek that out. Yeah, when right. we when we look for a post that we like or when we find something rewarding online, that's one of the things that we're getting from it. And mm. it's, they're, they're really tying like experiences and social media to like our neural chemistry, which is slightly terrifying yeah. because it is, Absolutely. it's shortening Absolutely. our perspective. Yeah. It's shortening our, like our window. And, uh, it's, it's scary. Oh, times. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's weird crazy. because we're here talking about this and yet I'm guilty of stuff like this too. Like well, even with this, so yeah. we talk about Facebook. Now I got to bring it to something like Apple music and Spotify. It's, I, I buy records. So I, I, that's how I kind of justify myself. Like, like having Apple Music as something that I can listen to music on. But for me, it's so easy to, because I'm always looking for new music. I'll go click new music, click on this album, I'll click on the first song, listen to it for five seconds, and then it's like, yeah, okay. 
next next next, next artist album. yeah right yeah yeah i saw i saw a video uh i think it was like funny or die or comedy central posted it and it was if beethoven was a musician now oh and it was oh uh gosh. it was i forget what symphony number it is but it's the like yeah and he's like his advisor is like no we got to cut all this we got to cut this part you just got to get right to it oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah like the listeners they're gonna hear it they're gonna hear the da 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 and they're gonna be like nope next <laughs> oh my god like, but i'm trying to build a feeling here and yeah and you're like nope that's people so aren't gonna like it it's not marketable yeah and that's yeah. that's the difference i think between um you know today's uh music scene and the music scene in the 60s and 70s i think uh in the 60s and 70s, there was a, a lot of groups. They'd just jump in the studio and, and record what they had been playing for a few years or record some mm -hmm. songs that they had written up that they thought were okay, you know, and then put it out there. And, and there, was market a bit, there was marketing in lots of sense, but, right. you know, it wasn't always about how can we get the most money from this? It was like, mm -hmm. hey, let's just record like a great album. Like, yeah, let's like make art. Yeah, like Muscle Shoals, you know, I think it was like the Swampers who are the band in Muscle Shoals. They like, I think they, and, and Rick Hall, the studio engineer there, this super famous studio, lots of hits came out of there, but the band heard Aretha Franklin singing you know, at the, under this other label at the time, and they were like, we gotta get her over here because we 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 you know we're a great backing band. We can make her sound great, and that was the whole notion. Of right. it. They were like, let's just make great music. Yeah. And now there's a lot of um, how can we get the most likes? Well, how can we yeah, get yeah, this yeah. out and there? And you know what's it's interesting sort of about mm -hmm. this whole thing too is I talk about you know having short attention spans and not being able to listen to a song fully through. At the same time, though, you can apply it to musicians because. Back in the day, it took a lot more of an effort to make an album. You had to go yeah, to a studio. You had to day. put it on tape. You had to nail it. Nowadays, it's so easy, and I'm not bashing bands or artists that do this, but to just go in your basement, buy a couple recording equipment things, mm -hmm. and make an album that's really not that good because you don't put enough time to it, and you go, well, I just want to put out music. And I think part of part of the reason maybe it's easier to skip some of this stuff too is because it's it's just not as good some yeah. of it or you can tell that like not as much effort went into it so yeah so it's like the almost there's in. there's there's two opposing like yeah. the, the attention spans gotten shorter on both sides because people don't listen to albums fully through but also musicians don't always take the time to actually make a, a great album so it's like at the same time, though, I mean, we're so lucky that we live in no, today, sure. too, because mm -hmm. we have there have been so many, like, people have experimented with different things. Yeah. And back in the 60s and 70s, I mean, you were, you were kind of limited at that moment because it was just... Actually, I disagree with what I just said. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, they I weren't limited because nothing right? had come out yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but, yeah. Um, well, no, but they but also didn't we, have as much stuff to play with. Like, they didn't yeah. have as many mm -hmm. sound elements. Yeah. And if you're going to get now we have that, so much, right? and we have, like, even the rise of, like, in independent bands. Back in the 60s and 70s, you almost had to be on a record label to yeah, be known. Yeah, it'd be really hard to produce yeah, stuff we, on your own. Exactly, yeah. because yeah. we didn't. And now looking at social media in a good light, I mean, now we have... Uh, ability to be an independent artist and make a living without the help of a 
big label or something like that. There's pros and cons. There's pros and cons. Right. And and something I think that's interesting about you talking about a label, you know, uh, you know, back then is that like you'd have kind of a team with you as well. So, you know, music now, sometimes there's there's writers who, who give our artists songs they just play them and uh that's very really common uh, mm-hmm. nowadays but you know it was more in the 60s and 70s it was like you write songs as the group and other people would help as well you know and yeah. and that would totally affect the style of the song i think um i mentioned them earlier but there's this group called named volpeck and they you know there's the core members to the group but these guys aren't afraid to work with other musicians uh, around and um i think that's a a really interesting thing to do right there because um you know you're making different connections and you're learning different styles based on who you're playing yeah. with you know right. i i think if you're closed into just the three of us it also goes back to change we'd never change if it was yeah. uh, just three so of us so if you look at the like grateful dead they had like a whole entourage of like 50 people that helped yeah them write songs and, and some of them were the just giant, their pals the you giant know sound like their system. family members aren't they yeah well i mean well that's like that's the neil, point neil cassidy and stuff yeah like, that, that's the whole point you, in in the 60s there was like your friends would help you write songs and and now sometimes it's like if your friend helps you write a song, maybe they're looking for something or <laughs> yeah, who knows, you know, totally. it's like, there's, there's a, I think that's why we play the music we do, gentlemen, <laughs> is because, uh, we have this notion in our minds that, uh, we just want to create a good art form. That's really important to us and, and create art that we are really proud to be out there. Awesome. So, um, you know, how did that's we get important. here? I don't know, but that's that's no a good message, anyways. Yeah, you know? I agree. <laughs> and to bring we it back left. to uh, to bring it back to like I guess the um, more traditional way of recording an album. Exactly. Uh, was it your guys' second EP or first EP that you guys recorded? Just like all the way through. Yeah. That was our last album. Last yeah. album. Yeah, 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 yeah all yeah. live yeah. off the floor. Maybe tell us about that a little more. Yeah, yeah. well, we were working with uh, a guy named Russell Broom, who's a great guitar player and great producer. He's done stuff with Jan Arden and. Okay. A lot of people. Awesome. He lives here in Calgary, and uh, he, I think one of our parents met him, and then he came to listen to us in our basement, just played him a few songs, and he He's was a like, gentleman. Yeah, and he was like, wow, I really love how you guys sound down here. He's like, I think we should do this album all live off the floor, and which is, we were like, yeah, that'd be amazing, because, cool. I mean, we, I think that's something we had always wanted to do, but you don't hear a lot of people saying, let's actually do it, especially producers because we were talking about how i think a lot of people like that polished thing yeah so it was great to work with him and like one example the song i'm around i believe it's the second song it's an old al green song we were in the studio and um mitch started playing it we all just started jamming to it isaiah had never heard it before and we just started jamming he's like let's record that and I went to show Isaiah the song so he could get the drum beat right. And Russell Broom was like, no, 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 don't show him the song. Don't show him the song. That was great. <laughs> so I think that like story has the spontaneity that, of the spontaneity. it. Yeah, and the it's the only, it's went that, like that, that song's the yeah. only cover on the album. But I feel like we were able to justify putting it on there simply because it, it doesn't sound yeah. much like the It was only our like, second time playing it. <laughs> We'd never yeah. played it before. Yeah. This yeah. goes back to what Mitchell was saying earlier about having like the uh, that like human element behind the music, right? Mm-hmm. Like, cause there's something to be said about actually being like in a room with the band or like at a show. Like, it's obviously it's a different feeling. There's a different energy about it, right? And it creates this completely different 
like experience you appreciate it in a totally different way you open your mind in a different way right if it's really heavily produced oh yeah yeah. you're like this needs to be perfect but as soon as you're like you give yourself the freedom to express it becomes like a totally different artistic that's what we're trying to definitely show josh i think is is that uh it doesn't have to be perfect i think the whole live off the floor the album that we released uh, like uh, a year now is common bliss that was, you know, there's some things on the album that aren't, there's, you know, there's imperfections on on the record. But that's yeah. because um, it, that's the human quality of it. Right. Um, something that I also just was thinking about uh, while, you, while you're speaking is who knows, maybe on the next album um, we might, uh, I was thinking about this the other day, is uh, we, we are fond of the live off the floor thing, but you do get a different energy when you're playing in front of people. Um, so maybe the next album, who knows, we invite people right into the studio, <laughs> bring them, bring a 30, 40 people yeah. just to hang out with us for the day. Funny. And we record with them there, you know, get everybody pizza yeah. and just, reco- <laughs> and just record. And then, um, you know, just like cause you get idea. a live, the live bass, bass tracks. And it's, know? it's yeah. funny because we talk about this live off the floor stuff and yet this last when we were on uh, the launch it was totally different for us because recording wide awake was pretty much the complete opposite of that right <laughs> we had 48 hours to lay down these tracks and we were doing them individually yeah. we weren't all or well we did a little bit of playing in the same room yeah. but we were also like doing our own adding our own parts and it was a little more of that polished thing and i think mm-hmm. there's i think there's room for that as well in certain at certain times, right? I mean, if you want to appeal to a mass audience, sometimes you have to get a little bit of that polished thing going. So I mm-hmm. think for us, it was like, yeah, we're okay doing putting out some polished songs if it brings them into what we're doing and not selling out, but like yeah. saying, yeah. here, we can compromise a little bit here. Hey, guys, we can do this too, yeah. you know, because... Mm-hmm. You want to be as diverse as you can as well. Yeah, you know, diversity is really popular t- a topic right now, and uh, it's true. I think it's important to show that in your music. Yeah, if uh, if you're not showing as much as you can, people might say, "Oh, this band, you know, all their songs sound the same." Uh, um, you know, I think that's something we're really fond of is trying to write songs that are sound different. It's totally different. Yeah, 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 like we have kind of funk songs. We got like a '50s soul song. Like it's like. You know, we all got different influences. So yeah. That's that's yeah. What's so cool too. You know, cool. Um, so I guess I feel like a lot of people listening will be like, "Why hasn't he mentioned this right off the bat?" You guys were on the launch. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we and were. I feel like yeah. that's why most people will be listening to this because <laughs> they they know they know you from it anyway, which is why I felt like it wasn't necessarily something I needed to bring up right, right off yeah. the bat. Oh, fair enough. Um, yeah. But yeah, you guys were on the launch. Um, how was that for you guys? That's pretty exciting. It was. It was, was. It was yeah. a riot of an experience, man. Yeah. It was fast. <laughs> that, yeah. that's, 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 we'll definitely say that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I don't think we've ever gotten that much exposure all at once mm-hmm. before. Like, once the episode aired, it was just madness after with, like, social media and so all the cool. messages yeah, and all the, sure. you know, we're getting, like... um booking agents and stuff which we have a great one now he's awesome that's Same's really Ralph. the benefit yeah from the launch that was as well. that was great good benefit um but it was just crazy and like the next day we did the bell meter car wash which is like probably like 30 
interviews yeah. in like two days. Like oh, wow. E-talk, like, like the social, basically the social, all the yeah. TV shows, all their radio stations. It was yeah. like, holy camole, you're up at 4 a.m. You're 4 a.m. Like 4 p.m. Yeah. That's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, I mean, that sort of thing is really challenging, uh, but in a really great way. Because yeah. it pushes you to to yeah. think differently. Oh, it definitely made us. Yeah. Oh, and work different. Better, I think. Yeah. Oh, and it, I'm glad we did it. But there was a point because it's, and I think part of the reason it appealed to us is because it's slightly different um, of a reality show than lots of these past music shows. Like it focuses more on the artists and stuff. But I I remember we were struggling. Like we weren't sure if we really wanted to do it. Yeah. And I think. I we had really this band meeting, sure, and we finally decided to do it, but we went, like, in Mitchell's garage, remember? And we, we all stood there, and we looked at each yeah. other. And I think Kayoni, who I think was maybe a little more hesitant, was the one to go, let's just do this, guys. Like, <laughs> like what can go wrong? Like, yeah, exactly. Let's just, let's just try it out, right? And we we agreed, and I, I think it was a little out of the comfort zone, but that's what you have I'm to glad do. We did yeah, it. that's oh, an yeah. important thing to do as an artist. I yeah. Yeah, I think if you if you're not trying things that make you uncomfortable, um, you're never gonna get anywhere. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and I think that's what um, we are we like to do mm-hmm. is is to get out of the comfort zone. I mean, David Bowie said it himself. I think what's so important is to always be pushing yourself out yeah. of that comfort yeah, zone. Yeah, totally. That's how you develop. I think so. You can always jump back in if you're feeling a little too uncomfortable. But yeah. Like if you don't step out, then yeah, yeah you're gonna it's stay in that very one place. True. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yo, yeah. we got a cat coming yeah, in. Got a cat. Oh, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say something? <laughs> um, yeah, that's awesome. So now, uh, since then, I don't know if this uh, came from the launch. I kind of assumed it did, but you guys are now uh, being featured as special guests on the Collective Soul tour. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. man. Wow. Very excited for that. <laughs> that's very cool. The, those guys have been around for a while, like since '92 yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. I we can't wait. Those are gonna be probably the biggest shows we've played to date. Like we're playing with Jubilee here and in Edmonton, and then we're playing with Commodore for two nights. Yeah, and then we're actually going to Vancouver Island to play a festival with. It's like Colin James, Kim Mitchell, CCR. Well, that's without shit. John Fogarty, <laughs> yeah. but but um, congratulations, guys! Thanks, thank yeah. you very much, yeah. man. So that that is definitely something that came out of the launch, and well, the connections we made from the launch. Yeah, we made some really cool friendships. The people yeah. who worked on the well, show, yeah. you yeah. know, and I think uh, Scott Bruschetta, um, the the co-creator of the show. I mean, he's a really nice guy, and. Uh, and it's it's interesting because he kind of seems like a, like a businessman in some respects, um, but he's very much an artist. I think uh, in the inside as well, he's fifty percent the businessman, <laughs> and then he's the artist be fifty yeah. percent as well. Because I think uh, he knows that if the if ground floor if the art isn't good, it's not it's not worth taking the time looking into, and yeah. uh, and uh, which is kind of uh, interesting. And we were honored to be on the show well, and true. and that he saw that uh you know we're passionate about our music and, it's, and it's, about our thing it's it's funny that you brought up the collective soul thing because i've never really thought about it in the sense that i guess it really did come from the launch and i mean that's just one of the takeaways is we go out we maybe play this song that's a little more mainstream for us but now we've got a tour for this summer yeah. where we actually get to go to cities across Canada and play live right? in, in good, front of thousands of people. Good crowd. So, I mean, we've been to BC before 
one of the times we happened to play in front of three people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there's shows so. like that. But that then there's times. Yeah. I don't think I think if you don't have those times, you don't appreciate, appreciate those times it, yeah. that we'll be having in June when we're be when we will be opening up for Collective Soul. Like we are so lucky and like yeah. Yeah. You know, we hopefully see this as like just the beginning to uh, to our this musical journey. You know, yeah, and Collective Soul. They, I've seen them a couple of times. I saw them in St. Louis a few years back. They cool. are so tight. They're really? such good musicians. Awesome. awesome! It's amazing to watch them live. Man, guys, I've had so, so many excited. people tell me the same thing. They just put on an unbelievable show. So we're yeah stoked. We're yeah. so excited, yeah. man. That's amazing. <laughs> like I'm, I'm stoked for you guys. That's so cool. I, st- I think there's still tickets available. There's still some right now. Yeah, there is up in the top balcony. Yeah, yeah that's all that's left. Though. It's almost sold yeah. out. It so is. So go get your tickets if guys. you can. Yeah. And what are the uh, what are and the please dates? Please watch for the opening band. What are the dates for these shows? It is. I believe it's June 26th in Calgary. June 27th in Edmonton, and then I think it's the 29th and 30th in Vancouver. Okay, cool. And then Duncan is, I think, the 31st, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. yeah. All of the dates uh, as well are on our website. Uh, are on the staticship.com. Cool. And, uh, and I think the link to the tickets as well are on there. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're really excited to be just playing for those guys and making that other connection you know yeah that's that's Meeting awesome these guys in the industry and we, we get to ask them questions that is what's so cool about being a <laughs> musician as well let me quickly add this in but you do get to meet so many fascinating people and so many amazing you know folks and yeah. like that's what i love doing is connecting with people just a uh, few weeks ago we randy bachman was here oh, and okay. isaiah's dad actually works with randy and i believe they were working that night mm-hmm. Isaiah was providing the drum kit right? that's right <laughs> well, I was doing back we line. got yes. backstage passes and we got to just hang Randy asked us to come into his dressing room oh, and cool. hang out and talk with him and we just like went back there and sat with him and he's like telling us about it. like this one time we like played a festival for doors and like that is told an interesting cool. story about Jim Morrison. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, talked about, yeah, talked think, to us about I think Dwayne Mitchell Olin. and Randy Dwayne connected Olin, really yeah. well, too, which was really oh, cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. like, I mean, I, like, totally respect him so much because, like, his, his one of his, his guitar that he plays, Randy Bachman's, it's a 59 Gibson Les Paul. And there's three Ooh. of the, the those that he plays specifically, he, he told me about. And one of them, Jimmy Page, owns. I can't remember who the, who the other one was owned by, but the third one was owned by is owned by Randy Bachman. So he's playing a guitar, and the '59 Les Paul is is the probably most like sought pra- after. It's the most sought after praise guitar. Of Expensive. All time. It's so, worth like yeah. half a million at the yeah. least, at right? The, uh, if, it's if, crazy. if it's not owned by somebody like that, but yeah. Randy yeah. was telling me, you know, like a guitar like that is just like. You can't put really a value on that, yeah. Because it's it's you've written so many songs, and to be able to talk to him about that, and like be right in front of the guy who's written all these songs that we've listened yeah. to, no and time met all left these for you. Oh yeah, met all these people too, <laughs> and has all these stories. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So we got very yeah. lucky, and we are lucky to continually meet these these people, and uh, you know. And like you said, right. hopefully this is just the beginning. For the you beginning, yeah. man. Yeah. That's yeah. right, yeah. baby. Yeah. It's called the launch. You just you just launched. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You got a lot higher to go. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> that's it, the goal, right? It's interesting <laughs> too saying it's only just the beginning because just the other day we were re- recording some demos, mm-hmm. and we were kind of saying that um, 
we feel now almost that we've finally like become comfortable with like the music we're making whereas like we actually are very proud of it i think and like you know our first albums were a bit more straightforward but i think we've became better writers yeah we and are uh, very excited for this next album whenever yeah, we it is. can't wait whenever yeah. it comes out we we don't know we have like a ballpark <laughs> kind of within probably a year not or two. hopefully within a year but we're, yes. we're just recording demos we haven't gone to the okay. studio yet yeah. but we have like tons of songs awesome so we're we'll ready see. to do it it's just when the time comes yeah, <laughs> yeah. probably good problem to have yeah, probably i would give it probably yeah. at least a year that's what i would think yeah, yeah. i don't know and i think this next album that we're doing we want to put in really our whole soul into it, I think. Like, we, we want to just, like, make it something we're really proud of. Yeah. It's something kind of different because the last album was Live Off the Floor. This next album, I think we're comfortable with doing, you know, some extra things going on, some extra colors and seasonings on the record because... Like um, getting people in there and having a pizza party. Or an exactly. Yes. <laughs> Ex- that's totally an element. Well, we and even add. added. I no, mean, but we I don't talk about <laughs> add, polishing, not necessarily over polishing songs, but adding extra elements. Yeah. I mean, I look to a band like Pink Floyd, which I just love. And you know, I think about albums like Dark Side and The Wall, which are insanely sought after albums. And, and I mean, they did lots of it live, but they also have so much character to it because yeah. there's well, all like these different seasoning, elements you know. and. Yeah. stuff and it just flows and so i think uh, yeah that's my dream to make some yeah. album that flows music together, is right? like very similar to painting too you know like i mean the three of us together live we're only three colors but when you're in the studio that's the beauty of it as you have all these access to different colors mm-hmm. and you can put all these different things on it i mean common bliss was a simple painting but you know we could might make a more intricate painting next time yeah. <laughs> there you this go. uh this next leg of your guys's kind of journey over these next couple months is probably going to inform a lot i would imagine yeah. on that inspire a lot yeah, yeah clarify so. some things so yeah thank you awesome, josh man. we we hope that uh yeah we can uh it's know. gonna be an adventure yeah <laughs> we, we're we're excited you know time is an interesting thing so uh we'll see what happens yeah. in this next year this next yeah. six months yeah. i mean so much has happened to us in this last three four months now it's oh, yeah. it's uh it's, it's great it's been a privilege so we'll uh we yeah. can't wait to see what yeah. the future holds. we just got told we're going to fredericton yeah new yeah. brunswick we're going there i think in june for we're playing for some university folk oh cool so that'll be yeah fun. It, we've it's, never gone out to the yeah, east coast it's gonna be yeah. this cool so conference these random things it's like, whoa Sweet. Yeah. yeah the doors are opening you guys it's yeah. we're lucky we know <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, I think that's a that's a good t- spot to end it. Solid Perfect. Shit, man. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming in. The Static Shift. Check out their tour dates on their website, thestaticshift.com. Um, and stay tuned for more episodes. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks again, guys. Thanks, thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for joining, Nick. Thanks, yeah. Nick. Cheers. No worries. <laughs> and Bear and Gina, the cat and dog. Oh. Yes. <laughs>